Are we recording? Maybe. Are these words captured? Sounds stupid. Let's see if it winds up in a blooper reel. Bloopers. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. Have you read the Netflix Culture Deck? Uh, this sounds familiar. I know I, I came across something at some point, so I assume it was that. It's amazing. Uh, remind me of some of the finer points in the Netflix Culture Deck. One of my favorite things is they use a metaphor for how they think about people, uh, which is that we're not a family. We are a, like a professional sports team. Mm-hmm. And so the goal of the managers is to make sure they hire and cut smartly to have all-stars in every position. Yeah. I think that mentality. The not a family thing, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if they actually explicitly say not a family. I mean, I think they might. And by saying we're a sports team... That's clearly not a family. Sometimes you trade away your sports team members. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you don't do that with family that I know of. They also talk about how values are not things that you say are that are important to you. Values are things that the company actually values, meaning it's the things that get people promoted or fired. I like that. Yeah. Like having a value statement that says whatever is meaningless. Values are the things that change how the company looks, mm-hmm. reacts. It was interesting. We just went through a process at ThoughtBot where we were trying to, I forget what the, was it like a value statement or a mission statement? I think yeah, we something doing, like that. Which was surprising for us because that, that I don't know, feels like more enterprisey, large, mm-hmm. corporate sort of thing. But we went into it very much with kind of a ThoughtBot approach of let's try this thing out and see, like, we do care and we do have shared beliefs about what this should be, but... Mm-hmm maybe that's drifted uh, and the idea of especially over growth at thoughtbot of saying like some people came in at different points right and what they think thoughtbot is might be very different than what another person who started a year or six months before that mm-hmm. thinks it is um i forgot where we ended on that though i'm not clear you have one i'm totally unclear huh <laughs> it feels like i don't know it got dropped or something i don't know it might or it might it still got... be in the like digesting phase yeah i don't know yeah uh, but I do like I like being purposeful, having things. I guess I like revisiting things. Like, all right, so here's what we what we say we do. This is what we believe, and you say it, and then you look back six months later, and you're like, well, is that really how we're living? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe we need to rephrase this because it's not fully accurate. Uh, in that theme, I just burned down my dot files the other day to make sure they tell the truth about what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good. This is something I do once every. Looks like the last time I did it was three or five years ago. Wow. I forget which, but uh, this is something that I, I do every once in a while. Hmm. Uh, and now I'm I'm slowly rebuilding, but man, it's painful to rebuild that. Yeah, this for thing sure. That is like an extension of I've, myself. I've never done a hard reset on this. It's really good because it gave me. There was a lot of stuff that I was like, I don't, I don't want to fix that. I don't want to upgrade to that, and so. Uh, I'd fallen behind some best practices and things um, and wasn't experimenting as much. Mm. Like I'd kind of hit a local maximum is Mm -hmm. what I felt. Mm -hmm. And I also knew that I had some cruft in there. Uh, And things were slower. Like my Vim startup time was much slower than Vim can be. Vim can be pretty much instant. Because of how many Vim RC chain things you got? I have a lot of Vim plugins. That many? Oh, yes. Wow. Absolutely unreasonable number. I counted. I think it was 62. Jeez. Uh, which is just unreasonable. And 
I'm a fan of more customization than not. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've written, I think I was using like 10 of my own plugins. So wow. um, I know what a lot of them do and I use them, but not all of them, not mm -hmm. everything that's in there. And also the way I was structuring things wasn't necessarily ideal. So reset it back to zero. And now I'm using uh, sort of a pull system when I just kind of hit a wall. I'm like, oh, wait, my computer used to know how to do the right thing here. Mm -hmm. Then I'll reinstate something. Mm -hmm. So I've been pulling in scripts that were in my uh, bin directory and plugins and things like that, but only on an as-needed basis mm -hmm. uh, and trying to really focus on keeping things fast and whatnot. Uh, overall, it's been a very nice process, and things are better and cleaner. And uh, I'm also trying to be more standardized in this. That's mm -hmm. something that I've slowly been refining towards is using more of common stuff here at ThoughtBot, but along all of this is just pain. It's just painful. It's very much like uh, in dreams when you can't run. Mm -hmm. You're like, my legs, my legs know how to run. I know they know how to run, but I can't do it. I'm stuck in quicksand now. What's going on? Mm -hmm. uh, I heard a theory for why that is, by the way, in the dreams. The quicksand dream thing? Yeah, um, because your brain is used to receiving uh, signals back from your body when it moves things around. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, if I could tell you to lift your left leg, then like the leg is going to report back like, hey, I'm moving through space. I feel air changing and these muscles are contracting and all this. Mm -hmm. And when, you, when you're asleep, none of that's happening. So your brain's like, okay, go. Wait, it's not, nothing's happening. Okay, go. That seems plausible. But at the same time, I know that one of the things that your brain does when you're sleeping is shut down your body. Yeah. And say like, you're not allowed to move now. You are essentially paralyzed feels like it would be pretty wasteful to not also have a thing that's like, by the way, it's it's okay that you're paralyzed. Don't be super worried about it. I mean, I, I think it's, I mean, that's like, if you were writing code, that seems like a logical thing you would do, but it's a pretty complex, it is a complex you know, homegrown, evolved thing. Yeah. And I don't know. So that's that's just, a, I mean, I imagine that's just a theory. Who knows for, yeah. for sure why this is, but I think this is a pretty common thing and it, it made intuitive mm -hmm. sense to me. I buy it. I'll, I'll yeah. Yeah. I can buy, buy that. those apples. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at now with uh, with all of my code making, writing. I mm -hmm. don't really code that much, but you know the other stuff that I do, writing marketing emails and things. Mm -hmm. uh, you always sound miserable when you mention that. Writing marketing emails? Well, just as soon as you talk about marketing. So this week is marketing. You're like, marketing. <laughs> um, it's hard is how I describe it. I do like it, actually. It's an interesting challenge. I've actually been trying to focus a little bit more this week on how I respond to it as an action, as, as like a task. Mm -hmm. And I've recognized one of the things that really stands out to me about it is the distinction between when I'm working on code, there's sort of this binary yes or no, done or not mm -hmm. thing going mm -hmm. on. I need to make something appear on the screen, write some code, look at the screen. Did it appear? No. Try again, try again, try again. Mm -hmm. And eventually it appears. And then I'm done. And I can make it better, but there's a much more stark, much more clear success point. Mm -hmm. Whereas earlier this week, we were writing the blog post to announce the new course that we released. Uh, and I'm actually super happy with the final product of that blog post. I think it's well-written. It speaks to pain points and uh, kind of aspirational. You really want to learn this thing, not this is a course. It has these features in it. Um, so I'm happy with that. But it was very hard. It was Jeff and I working together, kind of batting it back and forth. And most of a day went into writing that blog post. Mm -hmm. And there really, like, there was no point where I was like, all right, and cool, we're done. Obviously, mm -hmm. we are done now. Mm -hmm. 
It was like, well, okay, we could tweak this. What if we were to, shorter is better. What if we were to take out this paragraph? No, now it feels kind of empty there. Let's put that back in. But now, wait, we're saying that same word twice there. What's another word that sort of means that, but mm-hmm. is a little bit different? And there's um, I know the, the image of a bunch of puppies trying to put a bunch of puppies in a box. Hmm. Like every time I change a word over here, I suddenly have to think about how that cascades throughout the rest of hmm. the piece of writing. And as I remove or add a paragraph, is it clear enough or did I miss a thing? Uh, mm-hmm. Did I write the exact minimal correct amount to convince someone that this is a thing that they want in their world? Mm-hmm. So again, there's an amount that I, I really enjoy that. And I find the challenge of that very engaging. Uh, but it is tiring, and I found it's tiring in a way that code isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, code can almost be, like, I, I get to the end of a day of working hard on code, and I'm definitely tired. Mm. But it it's different. Uh, yep. I use the term drained more when I'm talking about marketing stuff. Mm. I'm just drained at the end of a day of doing that. Mm. Yeah, so I've been marketing this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, which does feel it, it's right. It is the correct thing to be doing. Mm. Upcase is really about producing content and then telling people about that. If mm-hmm. I think about the actual work to be done on this project, it's basically those two things mm-hmm. on a loop. Uh, and it feels good that the work that we've been doing lately reflects that. So, yeah, we marketed a bunch of stuff this week, or really one thing pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But How's that going? Quite well, actually. This is... Uh, Thus far, the most successful launch we've had just in terms of visits and new signups and things like that. Awesome. And it will continue. We're not done yet. so That's uh, great. Yeah, we keep getting better at it. Uh, we pulled in Dan, I think this was a week and a half ago, so Dan Croak, our CMO. And uh, we have a checklist for launching a trail and saying, like, here's all the marketing things we're going to do. And Dan looked at it and made some suggestions and particularly built essentially a schedule for us and mm. said, on Monday, do this. On Tuesday, do this. On Wednesday, do this. And there were reasons for the sort of sequencing of it. Hmm. Uh, and what's nice is it's going to carry through into next week as well. So there's things like, well, if you mention it on Wednesday here, it will automatically get picked up by this other thing. And then you can follow on after that and get another mention. Hmm. Um, so that's uh, that's going well. And again, it's thus far, like we had... Uh, pretty solid spikes earlier this week related to it and hopefully that will continue for a few days mm-hmm. um, and then we're doing the more general things of sort of rotating the ads on the blog to reference this and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah cool. so I'm have happy you, with it do you have uh, tracking in place so that you can see what things you've done that have been most effective well we have UTM params on most of the links. Mm-hmm. So in theory, that means that Google Analytics can pick it up and tell me the answer to those questions. Mm-hmm. We also have similar tracking on subscription events in Upcase. So we potentially can do sort of a postmortem on this and try and tease apart what that is. That said, I'm in a period of hating analytics entirely. Okay. Uh, so, you know, but one other thing that we did this week was continue to rewrite client-side analytics and move it over uh, onto the server side where we trust things, where stuff is good. And uh, I fully support people's right to block ad things and trackers and privacy stuff. But, yeah. man, does it make this job harder. It's hilarious. We just moved some stuff from on FormKeep from the server to the client because we want to do, like, advertising pixel tracking things. Mm-hmm. Where it's like a pain if you want to like do AdWords and then know if someone actually bought and test your ROI. As far as I can tell, that was the reason that our stuff was on the client side. And yeah. so I, I 
ping Dan to be like, hey, why why is this here? This feels weird. We're doing some weird interpolation into views from Ruby code into view code that turns into JavaScript that eventually, like this seems weird. Mm. And his answer was largely that there was some ad revenue tracking thing that we wanted to have, but we're not using that right now, so mm. we can move away from it. But frankly, I just want to move away from it forever and... I don't know if it means a little bit more work downstream syncing up to different data points. Mm. That feels worth it to me to be able to trust my data. Mm -hmm. And again, to me, this seems like it's only going to be an increasing problem. Like this is not going to get better for a while. In fact, it's probably just going to get worse as like iOS builds in privacy tracking stuff or privacy blocking yep. by default. It's like, oh, uh-oh. Uh, does Google Analytics just not work anymore then? Mm. I think the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. Now I want to think about how do I move Google Analytics to the server side, oh. but like a rack middleware, right? Sounds like a fun yak shave for you. Yeah, no, I'm obviously not going to do that. That's a crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. But uh, I was I, I was thinking through the ramifications of it, and is there stuff that the client knows that the server doesn't? I think there's stuff about clicks and interactions that don't create server events. It's like if you post a form, I know that. If you click a link that navigates to a different page, I know that. But if you expand a dropdown, I don't know that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. So, and there are times where it's really nice to have those sort of behavioral snapshots. Mm. But I think I could imagine having that on a more uh, as-needed basis. Like, let's take a sample for a week and then look at that data on a very like, how are people moving through the site? Literally, where is their mouse going and things mm. like that. But then falling back to server side uh, for everything else. Mm. Granted, I've you know. I'm, this is the pendulum swinging really hard. Like I hate client side analytics, and then I'll you know switch to all server side and be like, oh, I wish I had that data. Mm -hmm. So I'm keeping both, but for the things that I need to trust that I'm building business automation around, I really want to see that on the server side. Okay, that's my stance. All right. What else have you been up to this week? Mostly focused on the trail launch. Yeah. Um, trying to think uh, a little bit of work with Tyson, um, talking through. What does the information architecture of Upcase look like? Mm -hmm. As a new user, you come in, you say, I want to learn some stuff. Oh, no, there's a bunch of trails. What do I do? Mm -hmm. uh, what's even a trail? What does that word mean? Um, so we've sort of just been talking about the problem. He's made a few stabs at different versions of uh, the welcome page, the first thing that people see. And then also, how can we carry that through to more generally? You know, After you finish a given trail, where do you go next? We should have a good answer to that. Um, so thinking about that sort of stuff, uh, and then also thinking about the broader questions of what does Upcase look like in the future? Uh, I've had a number of conversations this week trying to continue pushing through that. Uh, I noticed earlier in this week that I was very, I was very much stuck around some of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast, mm -hmm. um, but that really are just ideas right now. And quite possibly we'll move towards them, but maybe not. Mm -hmm. And for right now, I definitely wasn't clear on what exactly we wanted to do. And as a result, I found myself kind of straddling a line. saying, like, well, I don't know, should I be working really hard on subscription-y things or are we gonna go do something else? Mm -hmm. uh, so the thing that we identified this week was just the need to lock that down and clarify it mm -hmm. so that we can begin purposefully moving in one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. So there's still a little bit, uh, another conversation to be had on that front, but recognizing the need to figure that out and then putting in place the conversations that help figure that out has been, I guess, the the remainder of the week for me. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, overall, I, I think all of that feels good. I, I feel good about what we've done this week, where we're at, where we're heading, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So cool. That's good. Yeah. Feel like you have some momentum. Yeah, I think so. I'll be curious to hear which, if you if you do dig into it, which of the marketing things are most effective for you. Mm-hmm. Just so we can share that with people. Yeah. If they're doing similar things. I mean, my sense is it's two things. It's the blog post on Giant Robots yep. and it's tweets from ThoughtBot.com or from the ThoughtBot Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Those stand out as the things like it's already the right audience. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of blog readers and a lot of Twitter followers and then also gets auto sent to the mailing list, which also has a bunch of people on it. So, yes. Like we, <laughs> The answer might be like, step one, have a giant audience. Yes. Um, uh, I believe that's it. And so really... Some of what's happening here is just saying it a few more times to that audience. Yeah. Um, I also sent the biggest email blast I've ever sent, uh, which I think you received six. I got six. You got six of the email. Yep. It's like Uh, Ben plus testing analytics, Ben plus testing checkout, Ben plus whatever. I got two, one to my personal address and one to ThoughtBot. But I think I sent to 21,000 recipients. That's a lot. Which is a bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a good email, by the way. Thank you. Has very similar content to the blog post, but mm-hmm. slightly tweaked, knowing that you know we have slightly different audiences. I marked it as spam, but I thought it was a good email. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah so I, I used my trick of using the letter S to segment our audience uh-huh. uh, because you know what? Sometimes you gotta. And why did you do that? I wanted to A/B test that email, uh, particularly. Can the you subject. A/B test directly now with? Engage? You can A/B test. Uh, last I checked, you can A-B test automated emails. So they're uh, the behavioral triggered ones. You can do a full A-B variant of anything in it. Yeah. Uh, but for one-off emails, you're sending a one-off email. They, you know, they're treating it as such, huh. um, which is frustrating. But, hey, you know what? You can build your own, turns out. Uh, so that's what I did. I just tested the subject mm-hmm. uh, in the sense of trying to keep things clean. Uh, we got 1% difference, I think. I can pull it up. Hmm. Um, 1%. Oh, God. Uh, 1%, which is not trivial. That's... Um, like a 1% lift? Like, say what you mean. Uh, 31% open rate versus a 32% open rate. Okay. Uh, so like a 3% yes. lift of... A 3% lift, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a 1% improved open rate. And... Between the two variants, 31% open rate on one, 32% open rate on the B variant. Um, Which yeah, might just be noise. Yeah, that's <laughs> they're solidly different subject lines. One's very like informational. Hey, we released a new thing. The other is it's a question and it's ready to finally master TDD question mark. Hmm. Uh, much more provocative and whatnot. And I don't know. It's a little bit of a difference, but not enough that... And not statistically significantly enough that I'd be like, this is how you write email subjects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly the, actually the open rate, the click through and the unsubscribe are nearly identical, I'd say, between the two. And I think S is a pretty good way to have a fully random sample. Hmm. Uh, for anyone who is in the audience and wondering what I'm talking about, the letter S turns out to be a really good way to segment a list sort of randomly. Uh, so I had 21,000 people to send to, and I said, those that have the letter S in their name and their email get this version. Those that do not have the letter S get this version. Um, so that's my poor man's trick for A-B testing when when the system won't let you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that email went out. Um, yeah, seeing, you know, that's a bunch of people showing up uh, to come look at some stuff. So we will see. I'm interested 
next podcast will be an interesting time to look back on kind of how did all this stuff go. And then there's even the long tail of a lot of people showed up, looked at the thing, said, oh, okay, whatever, didn't sign up then because most people don't sign up on first visit. Mm-hmm. But now that might have joined a, another email auto sequence and we'll be sending them a few things to follow up. So hopefully there's sort of long tail effects of increased subscription rates for the next week or two. That mm-hmm. would be my hope. So Sounds good. I will report back as we have findings. Okay. That's what I've been up to. Hmm. How about you? Um, it's been a wild week. Uh, I'll start with this. Uh, so I last time I talked about, hey, like, hey, we had the downtime. We didn't tell anybody. We should tell people. I'm yeah. going to tell people. So I did. I sent an email on Tuesday telling basically everyone, hey, we had this downtime. Uh, two bad things. One, we had downtime. And two, we didn't tell you for three weeks. Uh, sorry about both. Uh, here's what we're doing uh, to you know mitigate or to you know make this less likely, less disruptive in the future. And so, what are the uh, basically things? now we have SMS alerting. That's uh, like SMS to you. Yeah, I'm gonna I get a text if the site goes down. Right. Before it's like I just had to notice, I guess, like on Twitter or Slack or whatnot. Yep. And. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we're going to we'll disclose if we have like a major disruption. We'll just tell people as opposed to mm-hmm. like not even realizing that you should tell people. And it was mostly fine. A couple of people even on Twitter were like, hey, don't worry about it. And you're, we're cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you had some bad experiences or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I got one email from this guy that was like really negative. <laughs> and despite my best efforts, it got to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and it happened like towards the end. It was like at four or five o'clock at the end of the day. And also, oh, God. So right before I sent that email, I was like, maybe I should have Chris read this. And I was like, nah, I don't want to bother him. Let's, I'm just going to get, get this done. And so I sent it out, and it had the wrong date. It was like, we had downtime on 726, which is five days from today. So it was supposed to be 626. Oh. And so it's just like, shit, shit, shit. It was like, here's the email yeah. saying about how we screwed it up, and I screwed up that email. And like, I was like, God damn it. So I was feeling like really crappy about the email already. And then this dude responded and yeah. he was like, I'm completely disappointed with this thing and how you handled it. And then I want more detail on this and I need this and like, tell me this. And it was just like a series of yeah. demands. And in my, I was in sort of a, you know, tired, weakened frame of mind. And I was just like, <laughs> God, he's right. Oh man. And I just felt terrible. Yeah. Uh, and I went home and like had a, uh, was an, I had to like sort of like rescue my evening from my like work yeah. thing and like switch out of work mode and just like go do other things and, and focus on stuff. And then I woke up the next morning and felt a lot better, of course, um, with more sleep is magic. Sleep is great. And then also just realize like some of the things that this person was talking about, like, so I said, you know, in the future, we're going to notify you within a a couple days of the outage like that. And he's like, you know, that's not acceptable. We need to know right away. Tell me what kind of steps you're going to take to notify us immediately upon downtime. And one of the things I realized is like, we aren't a 24 seven operation. Mm. Like FormKeep is not a 24 seven supported thing. Like, if that's important to you, and, and what I eventually said to him in a nice way was like, if, so he's like, you know, we have, we rely on this for our business. Like, a long downtime could result in missing like tens of thousands of, of email addresses under certain circumstances. Well, so for ThoughtBot specifically, this is how we take inbound leads. Yep. And so uh, that's probably true. If yeah. we drop a lead that has, I don't know, like, it's no, an so expected y- value equation, but it could be a lot of money for us. Yep, for sure. Um, but so he, he made this point and, and I, I was at first, you know, feeling like really bad. I was like, oh man, he's right. Like this is so, this is important. And then I was like, this person's paying us $59 a month. Mm-hmm. That doesn't come with an SLA. No. We can give you an SLA, but that's going to cost like, at, like probably at least 10 times what they're paying right now. Right. And so like, that was one of the things I, I responded with was like, okay, here, like you're right. Some of this was bad, but here are the steps I've taken to mitigate it. You know, here's what we think the problem was. 
as far as notification of downtime, I cannot promise you that I'm going to notify you right away. We do not operate 24-7. Mm-hmm. We can talk about an SLA, but it's going to be at a much higher price point than you are now. And his response was like, okay, um, we're not interested in think- talking about an SLA right now. <laughs> and, and like, it was just kind of funny to me because it was one of those classic things where like, I think we both calmed down and yeah. it was fine. Um, but also it's like, this person was upset with me, but not willing to pay more. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, when I, when, I, when I realized the real thing here was like, we need to figure out what the nature of our business relationship is. Either I'm promising to provide a certain level of service and you're compensating me for that, yep. or you don't get to say that I have to do that. Even, yep. if you're, even if you're mad, even if I screwed up and didn't tell you what, like I should have in a reasonable time. So it was, it was interesting. It was illuminating. Yeah. But it was my worst like work evening in quite a while. Mm. I don't usually, stuff doesn't usually get to me that much. And this was like, it really, really got me. So it was good to come back out of that and be like, wait a minute, everything's okay. <laughs> that I, I think that's skill number one in being able to run a business, mm-hmm. which uh, I would say of the two of us, you are definitely more temperamentally aligned to this work than mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like that definitely get to me. Um, even like we're talking very loosely about Upcase and where it might go on this podcast. And someone replied to me and was just like, hey, uh, I did not like that. And I was like, I'm sad now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you really, you, you do have to grow a bit of a thicker skin and, and mostly like work well and, and do defensible things and it'll be okay. But yeah. people are going to throw negativity at you, especially when they view you as like when it's just help at formkeep.com. Right. That's not a person. That's an arbitrary business address. Yeah, and talk- I can send whatever I want into yeah, that. We've talked about this before, yeah. but like written communication just, you know, comes off as more hostile and people are nastier than they would be face to face. Yeah. Like if you'd had a Skype call with me, I don't think I would have left work feeling really shitty. Yeah. It's harder but- to look at another human and throw that kind of stuff. Totally. And just like when I can respond to it right away and we can have a conversation, it's one thing. But when it's like I need to co- like consolidate all of my hate into an email yep. so that you can see all of it at once. It's just like, oh, my God, like it's, it's just a different thing. Yeah. So, and I knew all those things and it just, like, I still somehow this one got through to me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel okay now. That was the thing that happened. Well, glad you made it through. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, And then some good stuff happened uh, and some not so good stuff. Well, it's a a mix of things this week. Uh, So I removed, I can't, I don't think I had this in place for the last podcast, but I removed the remnants of the paper form stuff. Like all that code is gone now. Uh, We've talked about it. I'm not sure where it last was, but. I don't, according to the Git logs, I did it last Friday, so it must not have been done. Okay. We, we may have touched on it but anyway it's gone so like you can't pay perform anymore and the code is now agnostic about that or it doesn't know about it all code expects a plan that has a number of forms associated kind yeah. Of thing. yeah or if you haven't signed up you have a null plan but yeah same deal yep um so that's cool that's been you know a long time coming it feels nice to get it done my total net contributions to form keep our negative lines of code which is hilarious I mean, has it been that way since day one? Uh, it's true of FormKeep and Upcase. So, yeah. so far on products, I have not done. I've removed more code than I've added, which is hilarious. Although you lowered the price on uh, Upcase, I guess you introduced the price. So, in that sense, it went from something to uh, yeah. twenty nine. But yeah, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, you left Upcase with a lower price point. It is. It is weird. Um, we're having some. I don't know if this is good podcast fodder, but we're having like this issue where like our workers are. Uh, running out of memory workers in the okay uh, yeah. like our, who, who are your workers yeah, our worker dinos yeah uh and so i was like hmm this looks tricky maybe i can just throw more money at this problem and so i just <laughs> made them like the standard 2x workers and it was like nope and immediately like ate up all that memory too 
so is it a memory leak i guess are they restarting uh i hope so happening? i think so yeah i think that's are. what happens on heroku right yeah. it's like ah, i don't have no more memory i think either. so i guess it depends on how bad it gets like there's like there's, there's like the hey you're using too much memory and then there's like mm-hmm. the, you're using way too much memory and then i think you get like killed and restarted mm-hmm. the job they're still processing jobs so i think they basically get killed and then come back i mean isn't that the erlang model it kind of just is just expect uh, stuff to fall over and yeah, have somebody restart it and yeah. heroku's our erlang and everybody so wins i think we got a memory i think it's a memory leak or something memory leak sounds like what's going on here yeah it shouldn't take that much memory to like do what the, the job to doing. So I was trying to chase that down. That's a thing. I'm gonna be honest. That's not something that's well within my skill set. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, we Neither. tend to a, a lot of our work here at Thoughtbot ends up on a little earlier on in the spectrum, and yeah. at least at my work particularly, the clients that I worked for. So I'm building a thing, but it's not seeing tons of traffic, and it's not getting a chance to demonstrate the memory leaks that might be there. Uh, and so I don't yeah. have a robust workflow or tool set around that. I don't know about you, but like, nope. if I saw that, I'd be like, hmm, I'd probably do the same thing. Like, what if I were to just give you more resources? Right. How do you feel and now? And my, my next thing is going to be like, let's just bump the gem versions. Maybe they fixed this. Maybe there's a bug in something and it'll go away. Because uh, sometimes that works. Yeah. Sometimes and both frankly, those, those if work. that's where it's coming from and you can solve it at that level, Seriously, man. how crazy is that? Yeah. yeah. So. We'll see. I, I I need to keep digging into that. And by that, I mean, I really don't want to think about it. Maybe if I just ignore it, it'll go away. Do you have any sort of monitoring to get a sense of how often it's happening? Or Yeah, it happens a bunch. Well, like, do you have, is that going into Honey Badger or? No, it goes into like log entries. We have like a watch for it. If it happens too much, log okay. entries ping Slack and it's like, hey, gotcha. that memory thing. Okay, so you do have something set up that's would basically measure if you do make a change, did it fix it? Yes, yeah, okay. for sure. That's yeah. good. Logs are useful, it turns out. <laughs> So there's that, and there's also another issue, which is similar, which is um, we have one customer that has a half million submissions. It seems like a lot. Uh, it's a lot. It's uh, a and it's enough that when they try to export CSVs, it times out, even with like a uh, five or 10 minute, I forget. They're uh, trying to export a half million things to a CSV? Yeah. yeah which that's... feels like it should just you should just be able to do that. Like, come on, Ruby, get it together. Active record, who knows whose fault it is. But like, we're basically doing form.submissions dot to CSV. And that works great. So that's a Rails method? I don't know. I mean, Where does 2CSV come from? Uh, it's probably... That feels like it's got to be a Rails active record support, or support thing. Yeah. It's probably just like using Ruby CSV or like some sort of underlying CSV library, right? Um, probably. Uh, well, yeah, but it has to map. Like, How does it know what to do? It has to know the fields and then basically map them all out, I assume. And so that's probably an active record integration. Anyway, that's aside from the point. But somebody just allows you to say, I would like a CSV, please. Yeah, and that should just work in my book. Like, come on, half a million is like not crazy. To me, that seems reasonable. I mean, but anyway, it times out objects. It timed out after, uh, let me see. It's timing out even after like after five minutes. And so I bumped it to 10 in my as like another like, let's just see if we just give it more resources. But it's still failing. I think so like these are two issues where it's like frustrating because like they're both should probably be fixed they impact some people in some ways but they're both kind of like low priority in a sense and that like the site is basically working for both for everybody basically yeah so it's like device how much time do I spend on this yeah just let's make Joe Ferris fix this I was, I'm faster. surprised we got this far without you mentioning Joe Ferris yeah he started on, on some of these and I, I tried to rope him in for more and he, he like he's I think ignoring me <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gotten too clever yeah He's a learning algorithm. Uh, but I have good news. So here's my here's my cool news. Cool news. Um, so you probably recall that about a month ago, I tried to uh, make it so that you could start a trial with no credit card. I do remember that. And I was like, this is so complicated. And part mm-hmm. of the reason it's complicated is because we have this legacy pricing stuff yep. and all that. 
And so today I was like, all right, I do have a call in 45 minutes, but let me just start this branch hmm. and see what happens. And since then, I have deleted and simplified so much code <laughs> that I have made it so you can sign up for a trial with no credit card and all the tests are passing and all the copy is correct. And it took me about like 40 minutes. Nice. Yeah. Going back to when we were discussing that on the podcast last, there was like, well, you, know, you can't tell whether it's worth it to wait, but this sounds like it's worth it to wait. And now we're after the fact, definitely sounds like it was worth it to wait. Yeah. I mean, I, I burned like a day and a half in the, in the first iteration, like yeah. trying to make it work and was still like just had the, just constant confusion. Yeah. I had like I had this big document written up of like, here are all the states the user can be in, here are all the states the plan can be in. Like, and still it was like, and then what was this one again? Yeah. And this just felt like. Oh yeah, this is pretty basic. Let's see. Nah, 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 nah. Okay, all right, that's weird. Those all pass. Uh, okay, let's change this. Okay, this copy needs to change. Okay, and there's lots of like little loose ends, of course. And I'm probably introducing at least ten new bugs, but uh, it basically seems to work. Like I could, I could deploy this right now. It would not be the best idea ever, but it's deployable at the moment, uh, which is awesome. So I, I think the biggest time-consuming thing actually is going to be writing up the email sequences that need to happen now, because now hmm. we need to get on your ass about yeah. entering a credit card. Uh, I also decided on simplification, which is if you don't, if you reach the end of your trial and you have not entered a credit card, we're going to delete your thing, your user account, your forms, wow. your submissions, everything, just everything is going to go in the dev null. Really? Yep. It's way easier. It's going to make my life so much. It basically means we can deploy this like right away as opposed to like, what does it mean to be deactivated? What do you do when someone sends a submission? Like, should you hit the webhooks? Can they see their submissions? Should you send the auto response email? Like, there's just like, I could go do like crazy shotgun surgery, or I could just be like, at the end of your trial, I'm gonna call user.destroy, and that's gonna delete all of your associated records. And like, that's what you get. Oh. That's how it's gonna be. That's version one. It's not as good as if, it's, not, it's like, I think in a perfect world, We'd be like, okay, we deactivated your account. You can't see your submissions. When new submissions come in, we'll tell you that you got a submission, but not show it to you yeah. and like try to get you to upgrade. That's like a good later thing, but MVP is going to be, I'm going to have a cron job. Man, on the one hand, I believe strongly in the, I don't know, goodness of data. Great, next topic. Destroying data is the worst thing. Oh, yeah. On the other hand, I, I, I sort of have a... A respect for your ruthlessness here <laughs> as far as i see it like that is simplifying things drastically for you i don't want like thousands of users anyway that are like are, are dead like dead user accounts basically yeah like it just makes my queries slower i, I mean time. so i guess the one thing i would say is are you you're deleting their account in form keep but they'll still be in intercom right so, so you can still, still mark them, them. okay mm-hmm. i could don't i can still spam them your account's gone but we'll be happily send you lots of garbage uh i mean i just Especially if you're getting more people going through, but they're not at the right point, like keep them in the system yeah. in that way. But it sounds like you're doing that, so that's fine. I don't know the. You used to have a thing, but now it's gone. I mean, as I'm sitting here talking to you about this, I could just destroy their form and submissions. Like, I just don't want to keep getting submissions for this person after they're not if they're not paying, right? Right. So, like, I want to avoid the situation where you sign up, don't enter credit card, but you do you do receive submissions. So, how yep. do I stop you from doing that? Well. I could just delete the form and then I mean, we'll I guess dump those submissions on the ground. The thing that's interesting to me is it, it sounds hostile is the word that I, I would use. I, I've read things by like Patio11. He talks about if your credit card lapses, 
there's one way to handle that, which is, hey, your credit card, we couldn't charge it. Therefore, we've shut down the service right yeah. now. And that's that and has a certain kind of negativity to it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you didn't do the thing that we wanted. So you don't get what you want mm-hmm. versus his recommendation is like, nah, be pretty gentle. Say like, hey, we had trouble billing your credit card. If you could take a look, we've kept everything running. We know this happens. We get it. We're people. I don't know. Hostile is the word that comes to mind. But again, I think this is one of those cases where I tend on the very conservative, like never delete data, be super kind to people, let them have a lot of time. Uh, and so, again, I, I sort of have a, a respect for your your thinking here. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I was thinking of Patrick in my head as well as I was considering this feature. And I was like, I know what he would do. I was like, but I have limited time and budget and stuff yep. and all that. So it's like this just simplifies my life so much that yeah. I'm just going to do it this way. I do kind of like the idea of it deleting their form and keeping their user account. That way they still have that login. They can still come back. But we'll see. Yeah, the login does seem nice. Like if you think there's value in keeping them around as a marketing contact, and if you're later able to convert them, what does it look like when they come back to form keep? Right. And if you've deleted everything, then they have to re-sign up, and that's a little rough. So if you keep around their user, now they can still log in. They don't have any forms. That's a little sad, but it's better. The best would be like, oh, you had this thing. Remember that thing? You could just reactivate it, and suddenly you got a form. You do have to put in a credit card, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get why that one would take a lot of code, so I get why not doing that. But keeping the user record around seems probably good. Mm-hmm. Make it nicer to come back into the app if you're able to convince them down the road. Yeah, yeah. So I may, so I may do that. But overall, my takeaway was like I was quite excited to see how easy this was. Mm-hmm. Like The app has just been shrinking. Yeah, And so now it's like, oh, wow, this change is now pretty easy, actually. That is nice. Very cool. I was honestly planning for like a month, basically, <laughs> with every, with like all, because like, there's vacation and summer summit coming up. Like, yeah. So I'm out next week and then we have summer summit and there's just, I've just seen these things and sometimes they take a long time. And but it was like, suddenly I was like, wow, in 45 minutes, I basically got the 80% of it done mm. um, or the code, I guess. The, yeah, I think it's gonna take me like substantially longer to like write out a full nurturing trial ending enter credit card save your stuff mm-hmm. kind of sequence because now that that's going to be a huge that's going to be like the big lever basically because it's not like a clock and at the end of the clock we bill you it's like it's a clock and at the end of that like you go away and like no value is given yeah you either turn them into a customer or you lose them yeah so so a couple of questions are you going to test this in any well i guess you're going to test it in the sense of looking back but you're not going to do any sort of a b on the page right uh no okay so you'll have now everyone goes through a no credit card up front. Will you try and capture a credit card up front? Or are you just saying like, hey, cool, you're signed up and everyone gets later we would like a it's credit a good card? good question. Um, like, is there a way to be in the middle of those two extremes? I'd kind of rather there not be just for simplicity. Mm-hmm. But it might, I mean, like, I think if if you had a form that was like, enter credit card, like some people would just do it. And you had a button that was like, I'll do it later. Like that would probably get you kind of the best of both worlds that's what i'm thinking is like if you have a group that's already putting in credit cards and they're like yeah no i, I know that i need this and i would like it to work i don't want to have to think about this again mm-hmm. i would want to capture that at that point but without but, hindering the other people sure but the thing is like so that's a reasonable argument i think it would be nice to have i'm disinclined to do it just for simplicity mm-hmm. but also if people are really motivated and they're like i know i want this then they're gonna enter their credit card when i send them an email which is like hey by the way we need your credit card otherwise we're gonna destroy your thing like, I think we'll still get them. Possibly. I mean, you get a bunch of people that enter a credit card and then never even set up a Isn't form. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll see. I mean, your model of the sane, rational person on the internet is perhaps flawed. 
or the I, I guess a, a much kinder and more accurate way to put it is the undistracted focused person on the internet that knows exactly what they need to do and does it well you were just saying if someone already knows they want it then we should give them the chance to operate into the credit card and to me it's like if they really are those people then we're going to get the sale anyway well they know they want it at the moment they're, they're signing up for form keep they're here they're doing this this is what today right now they're doing and then they're going away if you did not get their credit card they may not come back Mm -hmm. And you may never get their credit card now, despite mm -hmm. the fact that they were in the camp of people that were like, yeah, if you're asking for a credit card, I'm going to give it to you because I want this thing to work. Yeah. Again, I, I can see either. I can see that as maybe a later iteration on this. Yeah. Like if you see overall things drop, then that seems like possibly a way to rectify it mm -hmm. and bring it back towards it. But if it seems like not a crazy amount of work or you can think about what the UI would look like and feel comfortable with that, mm -hmm. that seems like a nice optimization to start with. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then, like you said, the, the sequence of emails and the kind of communications that you have as people are interacting and trying to get that credit card. Yep. <laughs> got to get that important. money. Yep. Got to do the, hey, you've received six submissions. Yeah. Like, should be a shame if something happened to them, huh? So what do you think success looks like on this? More MRR added per month. Sure. Okay. Let's be more specific. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, I guess in the short term is, is what I mean by more specific. So that will take, how long does a trial run for? 14 days. So 14 days, you'll start to have some data on this, mm -hmm. but then it'll take a little bit longer to really get a sense because the first day, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I guess the reason to do this is to get more trials. So what's your current landing on the trial, landing on the sign up page conversion rate, and what would be an improvement that you think would be good? Um, I can look. And your answer of like MRR goes up is of course the correct answer, but yeah. I'm wondering like over the next month, what are we going to have to talk about on this? How are you going to be able to measure is this working well or not? Because the MRR is going to move. There's going to be a ton of latency in that signal. I don't know if I really will be able to. So like right now in the last 30 days, 182 people filled in a username and password or email and password. And then of those 50 entered a credit card. Okay, so, so lost 30, 70, 73% of people at that step where I was like, surprise, credit card time. They're like, nope, never mind, don't want this. So that drop-off won't happen. We'll have a drop-off instead of we signed up, and then the next thing we take it to is like, okay, set up your form. Yep. There will certainly be a drop-off again, right? But I guess we can't tell. The thing that becomes, so we will have a new thing that we have to care about, which is of the trials, how many enter the credit card and convert into paying customers. Yep. Uh, and we don't have an analog for that now because everyone puts the credit card in up front. So... Uh, I don't really know how to yeah. forward look at that exactly. Unfortunately, I think the way that that's structured, like you're taking what was a 20-something percent conversion rate mm -hmm. and turning it into 100 mm -hmm. because you're taking out the step, mm -hmm. but then you have to wait till the back end. So that's going to be hard to compare. Right. Uh, but so, we'll I mean, I expect we'll have, you know, a 20-ish percent thing on the back of like, oh, you know, a, a certain number of people that started a trial will actually enter the credit card. So hmm. we'll see. The great news is, the thing that I'm most excited about is that this is not a horrible change. Like this commit is going to be revertible without right. like being insane. That so we could try nice. for a month and be like, oh man, terrible yep. or something. And, and then, then it's revert. Right. And not a big yeah. deal. Whereas my, my, I mean, originally it was going to be like, you can't revert this because you're going to have merge conflicts up the wazoo. Right. Um, so I'm pleased. That's nice that this, yeah, that, that structure is better. I certainly prefer that when I can do things and have an option to undo them later mm -hmm. if needed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how many edge cases I'm forgetting about. The test passed, but there's things that we're not testing-ish. 
Sure. Like for instance, like now I have to override when you start, I need some new plans on Stripe that don't have a trial, or I can use the same plans but have them like override the trial end variable and blah hmm. blah. So there's some more code changes that have to happen, but we'll see. That's exciting. Yeah. What else is on the horizon? That's the big thing. I'm working with Tyson on that some activation stuff. I'm sick of saying that. Uh, we have to ship some stuff. Damn it. Um, he's working with you again next week because he was out a bit and I'm out for something next week. So to be, make good use of his time, he's going to do some more upcase, but like we're going to work together again. And I, we got to just ship things like enough perfection or like enough thinking, iterating, beautifying, whatever. Like we got to just be like, what can we do today? What can we ship, 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 like push to production. That's the, the mindset I'm in right now. Yeah, I, I will say he's definitely feeling that on Upcase as well, where he's like, I I've, I, I want to move some stuff into production. How can we make this smaller? And so totally. I think the work that he did on Forum Keep uh, is sort of informing, let's get something out there. Let's not think overthink this. And I, I'm actually in a mode where I'm like, well, let's go a little bigger picture. And he's like, what if we were to just do a thing now? Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. I'm into that, actually. Um, yeah. But if anything, I would say like the fact that you now have the no credit card upfront trial makes like it's almost focusing all the energy on that activation. Uh, like you took what was that old conversion point in your funnel and it's now just everything is about getting people to get value out of your right. products. Right. Uh, so if anything, like it's kind of a good time for once that's layered in, then Tyson to come back in and, and try and help with that work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, cup half full in that sense. Yeah, I think it's going to make the activation work even more fruitful. Like yeah. if we do manage to improve that people's first run experience, now that we've taken the credit card out of the way, I think it's going to be even more impactful. And critical. Yeah. That's where the money is. Those right. are the money beats. Yeah, because you're right. Like right now, there are some people that like don't have success initially, but they just let their card keep getting charged anyway. Yep. And maybe they come back and eventually set it up, or maybe they come cancel a couple months later. But like we can capture value from those people, even if our onboarding failed them in a mm-hmm. way. Whereas that will not be true later. Yeah. So we'll see. I think that's it for me. Cool. Shall we do the questions? Let's do it. Let's do the questions. Why is your product better for customers than last week? We launched the Fundamentals of Test Driven Development course to great enjoyment from the users. <laughs> People seem happy with it. It fits well with our kind of core mission mm-hmm. at ThoughtBot and on Upcase. And uh, I feel like it's filling sort of a gap that we had. Mm-hmm. We jumped to more advanced topics without this base. Like, really, what do we mean by this thing? So excited to have that in there. Uh, people are watching it a bunch. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that. Cool. Uh, what have you done to acquire more customers? Whole boatload of marketing for the fundamentals of test-driven development trail on Upcase. What is holding you back? What is holding me back? Uh, still the lacking clarity on where exactly are we going with this thing? Are we changing it? Are we not? Who and how is working on it? All that kind of stuff. Yep. But uh, we'll be figuring that out very soon. Yeah. Hopefully so. Uh, what are you excited about? Continuous improvement. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the marketing around this like actually everything related to it we came into the production of this trail the most ready for it we had notes and things like that already done we worked through it much more quickly we were able to follow the checklist that we had pull it together and then start marketing and be most successful that we have been in marketing so kind of all of the pieces are better than they have been any other time before Mm. uh and man do i love me some continuous improvement Mm -hmm. kaizen and all that it's good stuff uh, what is your MRR? MRR is up. So very hey, excited to excellent. say that. 
I'm looking, I, I have a list here and I can see all the minus signs in the previous weeks, but this week we're up $419 to 34160, which is an increase of 1.2% over the last week. Hmm. Very happy with that. Fabulous. Hopefully that will continue for a few weeks. We'll see. And cool. how about you? Uh, what did you do to make your product better for subscribers? I shipped a lot of things, but they're basically all code. It was not like feature functionality things. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of kind of nothing. What do you mean they're all code? Sorry, they're all like refact. Like I removed the paper form stuff. Okay. I removed this feature that we no longer support. Like mm-hmm. they're just kind of like the code base is definitely cleaner, but no one yeah. knows. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, we now have a status page, and I get SMS alerts when the site is down. Oh, did you use statuspage.io? No, Pingdom gives you a free public status page if oh, you want it. Oh, that's nice. So I haven't actually published it to people, but it is a public thing that you could get to if you knew the US secret URL. <laughs> so um, that's the thing. I don't know if I'm going to publish it. I, I mean, I guess we should, but it kind of also, I don't know. We may as well. Why not? Uh, I guess we should. I would think you should, because then that thing of you sh- you should alert me. Right. Well, now there's a status page, so right. that's a good answer to that. Yeah. Go subscribe over there if you can. Ben's not much. 24 hours a day, but Pingdom is. Totally is. Um, By the way, Pingdom, which is what we talked about as like the answer to the I want a thing when my site goes down. Yep. As opposed to like pager duty, which is like oh my gosh, <laughs> what's your escalation schedule and policy and blah blah blah. Uh, it's so nice. It's just I mean it's just way simpler. It was great. It was like oh yeah, here we go. This is what I want. Yep. This is like really basic. And I even have it being a little fancy. So it, it doesn't just ping like the landing page, like the front page. It actually makes a, submits a thing to a form. Right. So I have a pingdom specific endpoint. Yep. And it just like every five minutes, like tries to submit to the form. And if it doesn't, it goes, whoa. So it's not just seeing a page or anything like that, but it's actually processing through the Rails stack and getting a real response and things. Yep. Database connection tested as part of that. Yeah. Cool. Yep. That's good. That's uh, that's nice to have all of that. It's a good health check. It's it's like a, a legitimate one. Yeah. Because even if like formkeep.com, like the landing page went down, that's fine if we can still keep getting submissions. Yeah. Fine-ish. From a More status fine. standpoint, the right. app is still operational if maybe not getting new subscribers in that instant. Right. And like the thing I really care about being up is processing submissions. Yeah. That's the things that affect people's businesses. Yep. So. I still, I'm super intrigued by the fact that you didn't find them initially. Yeah. Yep. Some interesting Google foo that did or did not happen there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what did you do to get more subscribers? Yeah, you know, you uh, deleted a good bunch of code. Yeah. So, uh, well, you take you you say like we publish weekly iterations. I we published a blog post on the blog. <laughs> uh, no, we actually are running. Ad, uh, we're running some ads. There's been progress on this. I'm like I'm, I'm like loosely keeping my finger on the pulse. But like mm-hmm. Dan is working with some agency, and they're like we're testing out paid acquisition. Yep. So stuff is happening. I just am not paying a lot of attention honestly okay yeah that works uh what's blocking you mm, un- until yesterday i guess or today ish i was feeling that sort of like what's most important again mm. feeling the no credit card upfront thing has become my answer to that and that feels pretty legitimate yep so some of this week i have felt some of that like it all just seems so meaningless you know man um but I feel pretty good about like the if I were just going to do one thing this week, if it were just, if it were the no credit card trial thing, I think that's a pretty good week. So, I'm, I'm, yeah. So this is a broader question and a digression, but what do you do when you have that feeling? Because I definitely, I have the I am swamped and overwhelmed and just can't de- get work done, and then the other end of it is like I'm not even sure what I should be doing. I try to look out the window. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do like a if I haven't done a weekly review, like I I get all my like projects and actions and all that like squared away. Mm-hmm. Like make sure you've like cleaned out the email inbox and the like omnifocus inbox and all that. Like just 
uh, assemble all my stuff so yep. I can kind of see all the potential things in front of me. And then I'll often just like get away from the computer and like I'll go stand in the kitchen and like look out the window and like drink some water and kind of like walk around and think and like get like no non-screen time. Right. And just kind of think like what would what would I actually like purposefully stop doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because there's a million distractions. Mm-hmm. And there's a million distractions that feel like work too. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I should check this email. Like, oh, I should respond to this Basecamp thread. Oh, like what's going on in Slack? And it all like seems like work. Yeah. But it's like, what's the actual important thing? Uh, I find it's easiest to answer when I step back. It's like, okay, if, if I couldn't come in today and someone were going to come in for me and I could only tell them to do one thing, what one thing would I want them to do? Yep. Those sort of questions have been useful to ask myself. Do you have any sort of broader goals or... Uh, I don't know, mission statement or anything like that for form keep. I found that that's form useful keep. for me mm-hmm. in um, in directing. Like, what should I even be doing right now? When I get to that place, I step back and look at the higher elevation in the GTD speak. But hmm. I don't. Uh, but that would be an interesting thing to think about. So, I mean, form keeps a smaller product it's and pretty little. But I mean, at this point, you're sort of overseeing products in general, and so there might be something to be said at that level that could inform. Like, well, do I even work on form keep anymore? Or do I focus totally. elsewhere and totally. that sort of thing? Anyway, enough of a digression. Back to the questions. What are you excited about? I guess I'm pleased that the changes I need to make are fairly minimal for mm-hmm. this thing. Like that that plan worked out. Yeah. That whole like hold off, don't do this yet, turned out to be it seems so far the right decision. Yep. And I'm just I'm pl- I'm pleased that, the, that every time I come back to the code base, it's smaller and cleaner. Yeah. Like it's, it just that just sort of keeps happening, and that's really great to work on an app like that, where it's like oh, there's just not that many places to change this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even today, I was just like kind of like de abstracting some things. So I like broke down a couple abstractions mm. that were like, oh, like if we make this abstraction, we can use this same thing in like two places. Like, yeah, but now it sucks. Uh, and so I was like um, inlining some stuff. Yeah, and it just felt good. Duplication is more costly than the wrong abstraction. Other way around. The wrong Dupli- abstraction. Dupli- yeah. yeah. R- the wrong abstraction is more costly than duplication. Yeah. Yeah, that thing. Uh, I was listening to Sandy Metz on the most recent bike shed or very recent bike shed today. And Excellent, excellent episode. And basically every time Sandy talks, it's it's good stuff. She knows what's up. She sure does. Yeah. Cool. What's your uh, MRR? Uh, we are actually down a little tiny bit. We're down... I gotcha. <laughs> we're down $60. It's half a percent almost uh, to 90, 93.56. Anything to attribute that to or anything to think about in that, you think? Uh, we talked about this last week, but uh, you were asking like, hey, well, when, this, when will this thing flatten out? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, our, our incoming people are about the amount that we're churning out. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect it to be that flat until we do something to change those numbers. Which, in theory, the no credit card upfront trial could be could be a the thing. Big lever here could so. be the thing. I also this feels. I'm thinking about dropping the lowest price plan. <laughs> you are a robber baron. You just have a monocle over your eye. I just. <laughs> it just keeps working. <laughs> you know, it's stupid, but like I don't know. So, like, what do you think the cost is when you go too far? The cost? Like, do you think that I, I worry that there would be backlash and that the internet would? Uh, Ooh, mean they people would get on the their torch. Well, no, they would get their torches and be like, "No, I just this is a completely unreasonable thing, and it's probably not a reasonable way to view it, especially when it's a real online business like Formkeep is." But do you think there's a point where you can go too far? I mean that in a literal <laughs> question. Too far, and like because and, and where the backlash from people will be substantial enough that I should care about it. Yeah, and I guess when I say the backlash in your case, the realistic form of that is people just stop signing up. Well, to me, those are very different things. Yes. Backlash, I'm not very concerned with. Mm-hmm. Apart from that email that upset me, I generally am pretty immune to people telling me that my product is too expensive. Right. Like, I'm a human, and I, like, I'm sensitive to what people say, but yep. like, I'm comfortable with people being like, this is too pricey for me. I'm like, great. 
you're not my customer, that's totally okay. Like yeah. there are cheaper things. Go use that. That's fine. No one needs to be upset here. If people stop signing up, yes, that is that to me is the answer. That's how mm-hmm. you know you went too far. Is like if you raise the prices and you make less money, you're like, oops, we're too far on this curve. Yep. So, so you, you how committed to this are you? Uh, no, nah, I'm just okay. I've just been thinking about it. But like it was when I had lunch with my friend that runs the giant SaaS company, and he was like, I, we don't care about pricing. <laughs> I was like, oh, we should double your whatever. Yep. Uh, so it's like, what if I just drop the lowest plan again? Like, it, it's like it worked so well last time. Why why not keep doing it until it stops working? How do you find those people? Like, so you're right. You're going to lose some amount you take out that plan. Yeah. But probably doesn't matter. They may not be your ideal customers. But how do you find the people who are like what you just described? Where it's like, I don't know. Is it less than $500? I think I can't count less than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you kind of, you probably get some of them anyway. Like, I think they're probably already signing up. It's like, we're like, here's the default plan. It costs this much. Like, whatever. Sure. Sounds good. I mean this in the more specific marketing way. Yeah. Oh, this know. is my weekly. Ben, have you thought about doing some SEO or content marketing lately? Uh, we do content marketing every week. Yeah. And uh, how do we find that? I mean, I don't know. We'll work on it. Well, I'm interested to see how that goes if and when you do it. Thanks. It's been going good for you so far. So, uh, Yeah. I, I don't know if it has, actually. Right now, it looks as though you have made a bunch of money off of increasing the price point. Oh, that part, yes. That, the general not the raising content marketing. Price. No, no, no. no yeah, no, yeah. Not that yes, raising prices, yes, has been a huge win for us. Yeah, uh, yeah content marketing has been a, uh, a suspect mm-hmm. ROI for us so far, at least in the form we're doing it. Yep. We'll see. Cool. Well, I think that about rounds it out, Ben. It does. I think we both answered our questions, and so we can now go home. Is that what we're going to do? <laughs> Excellent. All right. Week's over. See you next week, everybody. Don't you go home in the evenings? I do, but not at four. Cool. <laughs> Today's show was produced and edited by Tom the Builder Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 204. Thanks for listening.